Blog Talk Radio. Structures here at Story and Grace, and we're listening to episode three now of Zohar in 15. Again, this is our third week, and I want to thank you so much for all of your support, your emails, and the wonderful comments we've gotten on the show. Our first two episodes, 1,600 listens between the two episodes, and again, thank you so much. I want to talk to you tonight from the Zohar about how do you receive your light, and when we talk about receiving light, I'm not talking about some mysterious global entity that's unknown or some chasm from shaking crystals together. I'm talking about receiving the light of the creator. How do you receive it? Is it firsthand? Is it from your own uh, personal experiences with, with the creator, from the decisions that you make each day, from the way that you live your life, through your prayers, through your actions, or is it secondhand? Is it through the thoughts or studies of somebody else? Is the only time that you're engaged in being concerned about what creator thinks or making those connections is maybe your your worship time, your synagogue, your church, uh, mosque, whatever it may be, however you worship, and that's the time that you really focus on. How are you getting your light? How's it brought to you? Well, in our portion tonight, this is Zohar, volume 16. We're reading from section Kedoshim, paragraph 4, verses 44 and 45. Let me read verse 44. About them it is said, but fools shall get shame. This refers to the unlearned, for they do not work for the glory of Torah. How can they say, our Father who is in heaven, hear our voice, have pity and compassion upon us, and accept our prayer? The Holy One, blessed be he, replies to them, saying, if I'm the Father, where's my honor? In Malachi 1.6. The meaning is, where are your efforts on behalf of Torah or scriptures, and the observance of my precepts? For if someone does not know the precepts of his master... How can he worship him? It's interesting to note that it starts off by telling us that fools get shame. Fools get shame. This talks about the unlearned, the uninformed, yet lectured. Many people have heard everything that could possibly be said about Jesus, about God, about whatever it is you uh, believe in your church. Many people have heard everything. They have been lectured into their faith, but they're still unlearned. They don't know the answers for themselves. And how can your prayers be answered if you don't really know the Master? Let me read that verse in Malachi 1.6. It's a Zohar reference here real quickly. Malachi 1.6 says this, A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am father, where is my honor? And if I am master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you? O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? In other words, where are our efforts? Where is your effort and my effort to honor God through Scripture, to honor God through study, to honor God through obedience? Where is our effort there? Because if we're going to call him father, then we have to act like sons. And a son, according to Malachi 1.6, should honor his father. A son should, should bring glory to his father, bring honor to him. Yet we still keep calling him father. The rabbis teach that in the very beginning towards the book of Genesis, Abraham followed God and Lot followed Abraham. There was a very 
large difference between the faith of Abraham and what was happening to Lot. And later it becomes even more obvious. So Abraham is following the commands that God gave him to do. He is listening directly to God. And he's following what God's instructing him to do. Lot, he's listening and seeing what's happening in Abraham's life. Let's go along with this for a while. I'll try this on for a while. How many of you are sitting in your church right now? How many of you are sitting in your church right now? Seeking the master of the universe through the learning of others. I think it's great, by the way, that our pastors get up and, and that they do their thing and they work hard and they study and they present us sermons. I think that's great. But those sermons, that time there should be the icing on the cake. It shouldn't be the meal. I hear people say all the time that I'm going to go to church because I need to get fired up. I, I need to get my batteries recharged. How does your batteries drain? How is it the batteries drain? Because you're unplugged from the source. If you're constantly connected to the light of the creator, your batteries aren't needing to be charged. You're plugged in directly to the source. It's when you disconnect and go run around for six days a week doing what you want to do that you have to come back in and replug back into the source again. Many people, many people by their own choices are unlearned in scriptures and unlearned in their faith. You know, I do a lot of classes in different churches, and I'm always surprised. We talk a lot about the historical perspectives, and I'm not blown away that people don't know much about the actual history of Christianity. Because I will tell you that church history and how that's presented and the history of Christianity are very separate subjects. But I'm surprised when they find out that the Gospels didn't come with actually names attached to them, but they were later added on. I'm surprised when they find out that there were more than four Gospels in the running to actually be considered to be Gospels. I'm surprised when they find out that the early Christian community, for example, really struggled with the concept of the divinity of Jesus and up until around the second or third century really hadn't settled how that was working out. For them, it's what they've learned from everybody else. And by their own church uh, choices, I was a play on words there, by their own choices, they remain unlearned in scriptures. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I'll share one of them right now. One of them is that when you start learning for yourself, when you start understanding scriptures for yourself, you become accountable to those scriptures. And you can't pretend you didn't learn that or put that away from your mind. The scriptures outline how God is to be worshipped and how God is to be known. It's okay if you worship on Sunday or Friday night or Saturday night or Wednesday night. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's authorized worship and there's unauthorized worship. And the master of the universe, his name be blessed, is not required to respond to unauthorized worship. We really need to see him in a way that he is seen in his connection to the scriptures. Going to take a quick break. Time out here for the next 30 seconds. Be right back. Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. Many people and many denominations create their own orders of worship and their own styles. The question is, do these styles create connection with God? Do they honor the Father as sons? Do they, as he said, as he talks about, is it, is it promoting personal effort? 
Is it promoting the idea, don't just sit back there and just let somebody be lecturing to you and lecturing to you and lecturing to you and you walk out of there saying, oh, I've learned everything I need to learn. Or do these worship styles, do they actually come to where they promote you for you to begin doing the hard work? Let me read uh, 45 to you. The exception is one who hears from scholars and performs, even though he does not understand on his own. This is like the verse, we will do and obey, meaning he listens to the scholars and performs. Nonetheless, there is a difference for the person that does not receive it from the master, but only from his messenger. What is the difference between one and the other? It is written in Moses, the faithful received the Torah, or the scriptures from Sinai. He later passed it on to Joshua. I, the faithful shepherd, received and transmitted to them all. So for he who receives from someone else, it is similar, or like when the moon and the stars receive their light from the sun, and with this reception they are fulfilled. In the case of one who receives, it is possible that his bounty may depart from him, as we see regarding the sun and the moon that their light departs at night, and since the sun illuminates only by day and the moon only by night. We can also connect. This is very important. We can also connect to the light of the Creator by performing the actions and the precepts of our Master, even if we don't fully understand them. When the Israel stood at, at Mount Sinai and they received the entire revela uh, revelation of the law, they said, "These things we will, these things we will do, and obey." They immediately said, "We'll go practice them." Did they understand all 613 commandments of Torah? Of course not. Did they fully uh, embrace all that was going to come into their life, the challenges they're going to face? No. But their response was, "We will do, and we will obey." Because what is, there is more value in what's called kavanah, which is the intent of your heart. There's more value in the intent of your heart than following a pre-recorded set of rituals that we think we get or we think that we understand. There's a big difference between what we receive or learn from the master or what we receive or learn from those that are around us. And the difference of this, according to this, this what they're saying, the, what the rabbis are saying here, is the difference is like the difference between the light of the sun and the light of the moon. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want to talk to you about kavanah, the intent of your heart. There are many people out there who say, oh, I don't know if I could minister. I don't know if I could present a lesson. I don't know if I could teach a Sunday school class. I don't know if I can sing. It's not a question of how honed in your skills are. That comes later. It's a question of the intent of your heart. What is the intent of your heart with this? Why, why, what's in there that makes you say, yeah, this is something I really want to do. This is a place that I really want to go. Sometimes God will ask us to do things. I'm going to read a story here in just a minute. Sometimes God will ask us to do things that are way beyond our scope and ability to do them. But it's more to see the intent of our heart. You know what, God? I'm going to be faithful to your command. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Because I care about you, I love you, and the only way to know you is to follow you and obey you. It was interesting that he talks in this verse, the rabbis talk in verse 45, about the light of the sun. Let me ask you this. What's more penetrating or what is more hot than, than the light of the sun or the light of the moon? We all understand that the light of the moon is a reflective light. And it's only powered to the extent of the light contributed to by the sun. And that's how a lot of people's right living has turned into. This is a lot of people how their journey on the spiritual path has been. It's really turned into this. Instead of connecting directly to the light of the Creator themselves, they're doing it off the reflections of others. Instead of getting sunlight, they're getting moonlight. Now, is that bad? No, it's not bad. Is it going to cause them to be spiritual disasters? No, it's not. But they're denying the fact that there's power in directly connecting with the light of the Creator. You see, the light of the sun is guaranteed. While light supplied by the moon is subject to many different situations. Have you ever heard of, you've heard of half moon, 
quarter moon, crescent moon. You ever heard of a half sun? Crescent sun? Quarter sun? No. No, not at all. Because the sun illuminates everything. Knowing the master of the universe, knowing him, is knowing him in the light of the creator. Knowing him in that light of the sun. Not just being a reflective light. Something you bounced off someone else. Something that you picked up in the evening. But to be connected to him around the clock in the times when he's present as the sun. Knowing the master of the universe is also more than a one-time decision. Or a conversion experience. You can't buy fire insurance by a prayer and say, okay, I've said my prayers, I've done what I need to do, so now that I've done these things, I'm not going to hell, and I have everything that I need. You also need work. It also takes work. It takes daily work in the scriptures and a fierce determination to obey his commands. So the question of the day now only remains is what are the commands? What is it that God wants me to do? That's what we find in his scriptures. That's what we find in his word. So real quick, backing up and going through a few things together. How do you receive light? Is it firsthand or do you receive it passed on? The rabbi said in verse 44, the fools get shamed. It addresses the unlearned, yet lots of lectures. How can your prayers be answered, Malachi 1.6 asks, if you, don't know the, if you don't know who the father is? If I'm your father, then where is the glory? If I'm your master, then where are my servants? We also can connect to the light of the creator by our actions. We don't fully understand them. Even if we don't completely get what we're doing, if the intent of our heart is to please our master, then he'll take that. Let me finish with this story. We all have certain qualities within ourselves, behavioral patterns. They're so ingrained, we feel it's impossible for us to change it. It's like the story of a man who God tells to go push a big rock. He tries over and over and over again, pushing as hard as he can for weeks, months, even years, and finally comes to God and said, I've tried everything as hard as I can. The rock won't move. God answers him back and says, I didn't tell you to move the rock. I just asked you to push it. My job is to move it. But look how strong you become by trying. When a change seems daunting, remember it's when we push and we make the effort that we grow. Then the light will meet us halfway and take care of the rest. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for listening to Zohar and 15, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Something small Take what you need And we disappear Without a trace We'll be gone, gone The moon and the stars Will follow